Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline, the place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your host, Erin Royer. So this week, I have a great question from a mom wanting to know how to address disrespectful and rude behavior from her four-year-old in social situations. Then, like I talked about last week, I'm going to go into some tips for surviving holidays with extended family because holidays with children is already stressful enough. But when you add an extended family, whether they come to you or you go to them, and especially if you go to them and you're away from home and your kids are traveling and it's a different time zone, they've been in the car for 12 hours or six hours or whatever, it's just a stressful time. So I'm gonna cover some tips on surviving these family holiday times in this episode as well. So our question is from Anna Lee about dealing with rude behavior from her four-year-old. And she wrote, hi, Erin. I have a very soon-to-be four-year-old boy who has quite the attitude. It definitely comes off as rude and disrespectful, not only to us, but to others. We encourage him to be himself, but we do not want to condone the behavior. Here are some examples. He will refuse to tell certain people hi or bye in social situations. When people ask him a question, he will walk right past them or downright refuse to acknowledge them. He doesn't seem to care much about consequences and we always make sure to point out when he's being rude and disrespectful so that he is aware of his behavior. I feel like we have tried everything and it's honestly embarrassing at this point because I know he's actually a sweetheart. Last night we were with my coworkers and he was acting like this towards everyone, but one coworker's wife in particular. After leaving, we were talking about it and how it can make people feel sad when he acts like this. We continued to tell him that it makes us sad and asked if he wanted us to be sad or happy with the way he acted. He responded and said he wants us to be sad some more. We're very happy, outgoing people, and our home reflects that. I'm fine with him having some attitude, but I don't know how to address it when it comes off like this. Please help. So with Annalie, sometimes, and we'll see how far we can get with this, this is also something that could potentially become a coaching situation so we can talk about each of these social interactions and how to address it in that moment piece by piece or step by step. But I'm going to give quite a few tips here to get started. And this should get you quite a bit down the road and see how things go. Now, there's a class called Misbehaviors and Solutions. And I think I talked about this one last week also. And I cover the four most common reasons kids misbehave. And then it gives lots of ways to clue into the cause of the misbehavior, what is the reason for the misbehavior, and then options and tips for ways to correct each of those four reasons. Now, based on what I'm hearing in the story, it sounds to me like Annalie's son is engaging in this behavior as a play for control or power. And that's one of the four reasons kids will misbehave when they're trying to gain control or power. There are also other reasons though that could fit the situation as well, such as attention seeking or even revenge. Now, my initial intuition about the situation is that this is for power. So I'm going to go with that assumption, give some ideas about how to deal with that, assuming that's his motive. 
if that's not the reason, and therefore my answers don't seem to resonate. If we go through this and the answers aren't resonating, then you're going to know there's a different reason underneath. Again, in the class, it does give tips on how you can tell what the misbehavior is, what it's coming from, where it's stemming from. So young kids don't have a lot of power in general. So their schedule is dictated by adults. When and what to eat, when to get up, get ready for school, get dressed, do personal hygiene, when to clean up the toys, what errands we run and when, when you go to the park or when you leave the park, when you go to a play date, when you leave the play date. But it's also a time when they're seeking a lot of independence. So they will commonly push back for power in whatever ways they can get it. Now what happens in these situations is once a child realizes that this is an area for power, they will take it and run with it. It happens a lot around mealtimes and food, and that's where some of that picky eating can come in. It'll start out as, I don't really want to try it or I don't like it, but as soon as a child sees that this gives me power, they will take that power and run with it and refuse to eat just because they want to try to get that power. So I think that's what's happening here. Annalie's son is very aware that this is a point of contention in the family, so he's learning to use it to take back some power. So this is my intuition, my initial assessment of what's happening. Now, all of these reactions, all of these things going on are normal, and we adults do dictate a lot because of the ease for us, but also because we're working to teach and coach them how to set up good habits with sleep, nutrition, good social behavior, etc. So it's not a bad thing, but it can cause some tension. So we want to try to relieve that feeling that he needs to take power in these types of situations. So you want to help your kid feel more autonomous in other areas. When they feel more autonomous in other areas, as many areas as possible, we give them boundaries, but with a lot of leniency in those boundaries. Then they don't tend to push back in these other areas nearly so much. So you wanna give choices all day long. Now at four years old, they're moving into another level of choices. So there's a couple options. You can offer three choices, like up to three choices, for the food that he eats, what he wears, that type of thing, when he gets dressed, when he gets ready, how he gets ready, where he gets ready. Or you can simply say by four, if you've been giving lots of choices and you feel like he's ready for more, you can just say, which t-shirt do you wanna to wear today? Which shorts do you want to wear today? If he's really good at being independent, you can even just let him get dressed and see how he does, reminding him about the weather. So obviously right now it might not be shorts depending on where you live. The same thing with foods for breakfast. You can offer three fruit choices or just simply say, which fruit would you like for breakfast? Toast, cereal, or oatmeal. When it comes to outings, let him choose which park or which outings all together. The park, the mall playground, the pool. Try to give him as much breadth and choice as you can and that he can also handle. If it's too overwhelming and he's just like, I don't know what park I wanna go to, then you wanna give a choice of two or three different parks and let him choose. And of course, the class on choices under the discipline section on the website, yourvillageonline.com, goes over lots of different ways to do choices with kids of ages from about 18 months all the way up to age 10. You can use choices up through age 10. After that, it gets a little babyish and they're not appreciating it at that point. You want to use the when, the where, and the how choices. You want to bring these into your routine in every aspect you can. Which book should we read at nap time or bedtime? Do you want to clean your toys in two minutes or five minutes? Now, I know this doesn't seem at all related to the rudeness, but if he can have that power and feel in control of these areas of his life, he'll have a lot less need to try and find it where he can grab it. 
with choices though. For many of them, the choice isn't if we do something, it's when, where, or how we do it. So we're still gonna keep control of bedtime, healthy meals, cleaning up toys, taking baths, brushing teeth, that type of thing. But we're going to give them as many choices and freedoms around that as we can. The way this can come in with proper greetings and answering people is that we don't have a choice about being polite, but the choice is how we say hello. Do we wave, say hi, high five, give a hug? You get to choose. You can teach them to say things like, I'm feeling quiet right now, I'll talk with you later. Also, the class on temperament talks about different temperament traits, and one of these is adaptability. This is how adaptable is a child to a new situation. So this helps you understand how well your child adapts to new places, people, schedules, etc. So if there's an adaptability issue going on here, if new situations are uncomfortable for him, this may just be an offshoot of that. It comes across as rude, but really it's his personality struggling to adapt to a new situation. So if you understand this about him, you can help him warm up in a way that's comfortable for him, that can give him choices about when or how to say hello to people, to greet them, and that will help him warm up to these social skills in ways that work better for him in his time, but also setting an expectation that this is the way we treat people in these certain situations. So there are ways you can help him warm up to a situation slowly. If this is his personality and you've noticed it's his personality, then you can set it up ahead of time that when we're going to be going to a party, there's going to be people here we don't know. When you first walk in, I know you don't like to say hello, but there's several ways to do that. Give him the choices about the ways to say hello or let him know that he can warm up for five minutes and then we're gonna go around and say hello or high five. Okay, next, some general feedback on working with him on this. So as I already mentioned, politeness is expected. And so it's, and so it's not if, but how we choose to acknowledge someone. So you're, you're gonna work on that piece. When it comes to consequences, something like not getting to go play or getting to choose the food from the food table until we've said hello to the host or hostess first and to anyone who has tried to engage with us. So you can set the consequences that are very related. And I don't know about your son, but when it comes to my kids, like. They love parties because they love, they, they actually really like people, but they really like the food, especially my oldest. Like for him, it's all about the food. So if he weren't allowed to pick something from the table until he said hello and was polite to some of the people when he walked in, that he would be all over that. He would be friendly and happy and high-fiving everyone all the way in the room if this was a struggle that we had. So if you can find something at the party that is an incentive for him that, you know, and this isn't like a bribe thing. We're not bribing, right? We're setting a logical consequence because in a party situation, like we don't just walk in, zoom past the host and go to the table and start snarfing down food. Like socially, that just isn't the right thing to do, even though us introverts might prefer to do that. So you're teaching him the social skills that we don't go to the table to pick out food or we don't just go over to a certain person to say hello and start playing with the kids before we say hello to the hostess and some of the other people, you know, other people who say hello to us on the way into the party. So you're just setting up the social structure of how we enter a party and how we conduct ourselves at the party, especially in the beginning. And then the last thing I want to mention about this is that we want to be really careful about making our children responsible for our feelings. So this is not just a lot of power that you're giving away to your child, but it's also a burden on your child. So I know exactly what you meant and you were trying to find out when you were asking him if he wanted you to be happy or sad, but you want to be really careful how you word that because you want to make sure that you send a message that politeness is expected and teaching him what that means, which 
I think you're doing a really nice job with and you're really trying to do that. And if he can't uphold that, then he can't partake in the other more fun things of these social interactions, the food and the play with the kids, the games, that type of things at the party. If you need to take him back to the car to talk to him about it and coach him through the expectation again, that's fine. Even letting him know ahead of time. I expect you to say hello, even if it's a high five or a wave to people who say hello to you. If you do not do that, we will come back to the car and talk about what's going on or until you're ready to return and be polite. So all of this is very matter of fact about the expectation without pressure about being responsible for mom and dad being sad or disappointed or happy or proud or what have you. This episode is sponsored by By Heart. By Heart is an infant nutrition company whose mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, By Heart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. Our blend includes the most abundant protein found in breast milk, alpha-lac, as well as lactoferrin, the number one protein found in colostrum, along with broken down, partially hydrolyzed proteins. By Heart is an easy-to-digest formula. In addition to its patented protein blend, our formula includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio like in early breast milk, which is tailor-made for a newborn's digestive system. By Heart is the only U.S.-made infant formula to use organic, grass-fed whole milk, not skim. Curious about ByHeart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with the code parenting for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And this also goes back to what I was saying in the beginning, that if the reason for this type of behavior is to get some power or control, this is another area where you're handing over power, power over your emotions. He has the power to make you sad or happy based on his behavior. So you're handing over this power, and so he's getting what he's looking for, and unfortunately, this is going to backfire and perpetuate the behavior. It's going to be, he's now realizing, oh, I have power over how I can make them feel, so I'm going to do that power grab here. This really isn't about that he really wants you to be sad. I think that when sometimes as parents we hear children say these kinds of things, it can be very shocking to our system because we're thinking like, wow, he wants me to be sad? Like, he doesn't have empathy for my feelings? And if we're not getting underneath the reason behind the behavior and behind the words, we can completely misunderstand and misconstrue what the child is really trying to tell us. And I think what he was really trying to say is, I don't want to have responsibility for that, so how am I going to let them know I really don't want to be responsible for it? Here's what I can say to get out of this conversation that's really uncomfortable for me, that I don't really know how to share what I'm really looking for. Also remember, if you're interested in trying out the classes free for seven days, this includes all the classes, including the misbehaviors and their solutions I just mentioned, the temperament class, and all the other 50 classes, you can go to yourvillageonline.com slash free dash 
trial. The trial gives access, like I said, to all the classes. The only limitation is that you won't get any personalized parenting answers from me during the free trial period. But if you stay on past the trial period to become a paying member, then you can get your questions answered by me. Okay, the holidays, they're here. We're kind of in the middle of them and there's more coming up. Holidays with extended family can be stressful. Holidays traveling with kids can be stressful. Holidays traveling with kids to see extended family can be especially stressful. We've got kids off of their schedules. They're not in their own beds. There's a lot of stuff going on. They're getting tired by the end of each day. And then you've got the added stress of family and regular family dynamics on top of now being a parent. There's just a potential for a whole lot of extra family drama. I certainly noticed in my family once I became a parent. Now maybe you're one of those super lucky people whose parents are always thrilled to have you and the kids stay with them and they love on them and they can and your kids can do absolutely no wrong and they appreciate your parenting and think you're the best most amazing parent ever. If so, feel free to just skip the rest of this episode. But if you're like most of us with some level of dysfunction where a parent, a sibling, an aunt, or any other extended family member means drama and added drama either between them and you or them and your kids or about your kids, here are my tips. Listen on. Tip number one. These are actually kind of steps, but number one, you want to acknowledge the sticky points in the relationships. Meaning when you go to your family gatherings over the holidays know where the sticky points are in the relationships whether it's your own sibling rivalry that excludes your your kids or there's additional sticky points now that you have kids is your older sister bitter because you got married first and had kids and she's trying to get pregnant and she jabs at your parenting skills is your mom a neat freak who supposedly loves the grandkids to pieces but messes make her anxious and therefore your two and four year olds at her house make you anxious because you're afraid they'll make a mess and she'll freak out. Just know where these sticking points are in these relationships so that you can be prepared to work around them so that you can be ready and also have a plan. Two, know your limitations. If you have particularly difficult relative, know the amount of time you can be around each said relative, whether it's at their house or they're staying at a particular house, then you can't stay there too if you're gonna be too much time together. Know how many hours you can handle Uncle Ben and his quote unquote kids these days are so spoiled. What kids need these days is a good spanking kind of talk. When his son grew up and left home and has barely spoken to him or been to a holiday since he left the house. Number three, it doesn't matter how much your mom or your aunt or your sister begs and pleads and says everything will go great and everything's going to behave or how Uncle Ben won't stay that long this year, you wanna set your boundaries and stick with them. You wanna let this relative know you appreciate it, but you know it would just be best for everyone if you find your own space to spread out in where you can take the kids to go get their naps when they really need it. Or if you can travel for just the family celebration and then go back home without spending the night with relatives because you know it will just be too taxing on everyone then set that plan and do it. No waffling, no wavering. It's those choices that we always regret, right? We know in our gut it's a bad choice and we do it anyway, thinking, oh, it'll be fine this year, it'll be fine this year. Trust me, I've done exactly this. I ended up spilling out all this toxic stuff that had built up over my entire childhood that had been bubbling up ever since, which is over 40 years of festering toxic ooze came exploding out over the holidays many years ago, I want to say seven years ago. 
My mom and I didn't talk to each other for an entire year after that. Now it was therapeutic for me because it's stuff that I wanted to say for a long time, but I'm not sure it's an exchange I recommend, at least not like that. If it's done at all, it's best done under better, calmer, more planned out circumstances. Lastly, don't take on more than you can handle. Don't try to do too much for your family, for your kids, for the neighbors, for the play group, for the school. Do what you can and what you really feel in your heart you want to and can reasonably do and no more. It's okay to say no. The holidays are about time spent with those we love and care about. That's it. It's not about the biggest party, the nicest dessert platter, the biggest presents. It's about togetherness. It's not about getting presents for everyone and making sure everyone feels perfectly equal. It's about togetherness, gratitude, love, and kindness, regardless of what tradition your family hails from or celebrates. You don't owe anyone anything, so no guilt. Parenting is hard enough. Do what you need to set boundaries and protect your sanity and your quality time with your own family and then your extended family is second tier or third tier or wherever you want to put them so those are my tips for surviving the holidays with extended family so i have a couple of quick things to share i want to share this i've shared it before i'm going to say it again if you email us and you don't hear back especially if you're a member but really any inquiries about membership or you're a member inquiring about something or asking a question please check your spam or junk folders I do get members who get upset on occasion because they think we aren't responding and I just had one a couple weeks ago. It doesn't matter how many emails we send to you, if they're going into your spam or your junk folders and you don't check it, you're not going to see any of the emails we send, even if we send a hundred of them. Now if you send a podcast question, that's different. Amy schedules those every week to 10 days so she doesn't get back to podcast question inquiries with their scheduled episode dates until a week or two later sometimes when they're sent. But any questions about membership or from members, one of us emails back usually within a few hours and definitely within 24 hours, except on a rare busy weekend. We do get on over the weekends once or twice to catch up. Between Amy and I, we're usually on at least once or twice. But if we both have busy weekends with our families, we don't always answer emails over the weekends. For Ask Erin questions, if you send them in and you don't hear back within 48 hours, if it's over a weekend, a busy weekend again, it can be up to 72. If you send it on a Friday afternoon or Friday morning, and you may not hear back until Monday on a really busy weekend. Other than that, you should be seeing emails from us. So please check your spam and junk folders because we really are pretty good about getting back to emails. And I really don't like people thinking that we're not being responsive because I'm really pride myself on that customer service. It's really important to me. So we really do our best with that. The second announcement is that the Ask Aaron feature is going away for only for new members. Current members, you will get to keep using it, but I'm starting to get so many questions from Ask Aaron that I won't have time to answer everyone in a timely enough manner for everyone. And so rather than letting the amount of time that I can answer slip down or the quality that I give when I answer the questions, I don't wanna have to shorten those questions or you know, send them off really quickly and not be thorough. So I'm gonna be removing this from the memberships on December 31st. So this is only for anyone new joining the site after December 31st. We will always be available for technical issues or where can I find this or that on the website? Where can I find this class? Where can I find this handout? That type of thing. 
You can always email us, we'll always answer those. But parenting questions after December 31st for new members will not have access to Ask Aaron. For current members, as long as you remain a member, you will have that feature. This is for those who have supported me and supported the website early on, you're gonna to get to keep that feature. And the same is true for anyone who joins before December 31st of this year, 2020. I mean, so 2019. If you leave and come back though, it will no longer be a part of the membership when you come back. But we will add it back in as a premium feature in the not too distant future. So if that's something you really want and you really need and you join down the road, it will be an option, but only as part of a premium membership. Last announcement is the new class, Learning Styles and Multiple Intelligence, is up on the website at yourvillageonline.com under the education section. This class is geared towards parents of preschoolers and up, so age three through adolescence. It helps you decipher your child's strengths and struggles that they may encounter, particularly in the academic setting, and how to best support them through the educational process, find the best programs and support for their strengths, especially if they fall outside, if they're not the ones that tend to be valued in a traditional school setting. So I really love this class for parents who are curious and they're adamant about their child having the best educational experience possible. This class is great for you. Again, to join with the free seven day trial with access to all the classes, including the latest one, Learning Styles and Multiple Intelligence, go to yourvillageonline.com slash free dash trial. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered, send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next week. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each, then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.